0: Welcome to Making Sense of Parenting. This show is dedicated to helping parents change chaos, confusion, and struggle into calm, clear connections with their kids, all in a way that aligns with their faith. Hey there, I'm your host, Kelly Shoup, helping you navigate the bumpy road of raising kids. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome. I'm Kelly Shoop. I am so excited you are here today. We are going to dive into the dreaded D word, discipline. It is such a angst giving building. It's a thing with parents. And so we're going to address it head on today. And I want to give you parents some helpful tools in regard to being effective in your discipline of your young children. Now, if you were just finding me, my name's Kelly Shube. I am a longtime parent, coach, pediatric, occupational therapist, and mom of three teenagers. What is an occupational therapist? An occupational therapist is somebody who focuses on the job. For me, I work with kids. So the different jobs that a kid has. And in job, we mean something that has purpose. It has meaning. It has value to that child and to that family. And I help find a path. To get those jobs done successfully in the context of a child's home, interactions with their siblings, with their parents, how they function at school. So that is what I do. And I'm, because I'm an occupational therapist, my focus with young kids and three to 12 ish, three to eight, and then on up to college is the group that I work with, but primarily three to eight. And in those young ages, a child's body, physical body, is giving us lots of information and they are communicating through their body. So what is unique to me and how I coach and how I address all the things that come up with kids is I focus on a body up approach. I body first, then mind, which is different. So again, that's how I work. We're going to start with the body. What is a child's body communicating in their behavior, the behavior that often a parent does not want because the behavior is a meltdown. It's a tantrum. It's an outburst. It's clinging to my leg and they won't let go. It's all the behavior that we think Looks like bad behavior, but it could be communication from the child that is actually telling us something else. So that's what I help with. Today, we're talking about discipline, and I'm so glad on the live show you are here for it because I'm going to get you set up to have some effective ways to discipline your young child in any situation you're in. Okay. First two things I want to say is I operate from the absolute that every child is unique. And we know that because that's how God designed it. So I operate from the way that God designed it to be. So God created us to be unique. There's nobody else like us. But also at the same time, we do have similarities to other humans. And so with discipline, we are going to operate from each child is unique and it is not a one size fits all. And I find parents would really like to think I can just use this one form of discipline and it will work for all of my kids for all of the years that they are under my roof. And unfortunately, that it won't work and it's not effective, and I don't recommend it at all. So each child is unique. We're going to discipline them as a unique child. Next thing, discipline will change as the child changes and grows. So, you know, I've had parents who've said, okay, I just don't understand why my 14 year old isn't. This behavior isn't, you know, is still occurring. And I'll say, okay, well, what do you do to discipline the 14-year-old? Well, I put him in timeout. Well, timeout would not be an effective discipline for a 14-year-old. Now, it is for a four-year-old, possibly. So just understand that that discipline is going to change as your child changes and grows. It should so, as long as we expect it and know that we're not going to use the same timeout from the time that they're two till they're 20, then we're prepared for it and we'll be knowing, okay, I'm going to have to use other things. And I find that, again, once I kind of give parents permission to know you can use whatever works for you in the most, um, You know, healthy. I'm a very positive parenting strategy person. So I operate out of positive. I want to give positive reinforcement. I want to give positive motivation. I want to be out in front of the um, kind of the ages and the stages for my kids. So I am always motivating them positively forward. That feels so aligned with my faith and with the abundance of God. There's more. Come on out. Let's go forward. We are growing. We are changing. We are moving forward. And so that's how God wired us. And so I'm always working in flow with how he made us because that's the easiest. It's the easiest for me when I parent my own kids and discipline them. It's the easiest when I help other parents discipline and effectively guide their own kids. So positive reinforcement, positive parenting strategies is what I'm all about. Okay, here's what we're going to start with. So I'm going to give you five things based on kind of these first two absolutes that each child is unique and the discipline is gonna change and grow. And uh, the first thing is mindset. And you have to be in the right mindset to be effective in your parenting. And if you haven't thought about it, okay, what am I gonna do if this occurs? then that's the instance where some stuff can be really bad you know you can lose it you can threaten this or there can be you know physical discipline that isn't it's not productive it you're showing up in a way you don't want to and your child you know is hurt their feelings are hurt They're confused and trying to understand like, wow, that was, mom was so mad and did that. Why? So my goal is to keep that from ever happening because we're talking about it right now. And so you already know, okay, each child is unique. So I'm not going to use a one size fits all for all of my kids because it will not be the most effective way to get the desired behavior, the desired response from the child. And then also that it's gonna change and grow. So mindset, you've got to be firm, consistent, and constant. And parents, I give you permission that if you have a discipline issue, something that you really need to focus on with one child, You need to warn your spouse, get buy-in from them, and then everything else kind of goes in the background. So you might be eating microwave popcorn for a few days because you're that firm and consistent and constant in holding this rule, this type of behavior that you are expecting from this child. And so you just really have to be firm in, in your um, mindset about it. Okay. A little something about me is that um, I grew up around horses. My um, grandfather, Dale was a horse guy and he um, raised horses, had horses. And so I was around them my whole life and I love them. And there are so many incredible things horses teach us about ourselves, but in regard to horsemanship and a saying that my grandpa used to have, in how to get your horse to do what you want it to do. And the saying is, as soft as you can, as much as you need. And so this is what I recommend in discipline. I want parents to use the least, the softest amount of discipline that you can, that is effective and gets you the response parents that you want. But also to be as much as firm as you have to be to get the changed behavior. And so parents, I see you all the time. You're, I see you dreading discipline because you meet me with this look like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And am I going to have to enforce what I just threatened to do? And the answer is yes. Yes. And so parents are like, well, will it work? How much is too harsh? Is it enough? I don't know. I see parents doubting and wavering and that is is very much um, not how you want to show up to discipline your kids because it again gets your kids confused. If you're wavering or doubting, they're like, wait, what? So you have to be firm and you have to hold it. And it also just know it is not easy to hold that firm boundary or rule and to practice the consistency and constancy of it. And so it's hard for every parent. It is hard for me. I've had a week of really having to hold some firm rules for my 16-year-old daughter and I didn't like it because it was, you know, I was, it was taking a lot of energy for me to enforce it. But what I know is that kids need that firm boundary to feel safe. And at the end of the day, safety is a big piece of all of this. A lot of why we put in the rules, the boundaries and the things is so our kids are kept safe. We want them to feel safe. And as parents, we have to have some rules and boundaries so we feel safe. So we know we have a handle on our kids and what they're doing and what they're allowed to do. So that discipline is very much a good needed thing. You're not gonna get away raising a child without disciplining them. Now, again, my take on it is I wanna do it positively. I wanna do it as soft as I can, as much as I need. So I'm hoping to think of an an effective, efficient, unique to my child discipline that's gonna work. And I want it to work quick. And I want my child to know, okay, this is, she means business. I have to do this. So we have to have our mindset there first. Okay, connect. This is huge. Parents who have strong-willed children. This is huge. And I have to tell you, I was interviewed for um, to be a guest on a podcast. And it was in regard to strong willed children. And we got several minutes into the interview and the other presenter asked me and said, why are you not using that word strong willed? And I said, I don't like it. I don't like it. It has a negative connotation and I want to come at everything from a positive. So a strong willed child to me is a spirited child. A strong-willed child to me is a child who's got extra, extra energy, extra oomph, extra determination, like they are extra. And I will also call them spicy because they're just kind of spicy and fiery. And these to me are all really great qualities to have in a child. And so I understand that in the young ages, it can make a parent's life more difficult, but that spirited, extra spicy child when they are in the teens, early twenties, that is a fantastic child who absolutely is convicted and has their own way of thinking and will hold firm to who they are. So, um, so I just don't, I don't like that strong will negative connotation that, that is with that strong-willed um, label. So I don't, I don't use it in my practice. I don't, uh, um, talk, you know, refer to kids as strong-willed because I, I just don't. I think there's a better way, a positive way to spin the uniqueness and who they are. But when you are parenting and trying to discipline that spirited, extra spicy child, you need to get connected to them. Because connection is the key. When you connect, we get the child to be open and receptive to the direction I want to give them. So we're going to connect to be able to direct. Okay? And it's so important, especially with that spirited child. But if they are connected with you, they will be more open to doing whatever you need them to do. Okay, family meeting, pregame strategy, quick huddle up. It's all about one thing. With that spirited extra child, I want it to be their idea. Because when I've got their buy-in and when I they think they came up with the idea to give me the behavior that I want, then they will absolutely do it but I just have to get them to that point where they think of the idea that I want them to think of. So usually a family meeting or a pregame strategy right before we're going to go do something is a way for us to talk about what's going to happen. What would be a good way to show up? Okay. How are we going to approach going into this thing? And how, how do you think you could show up? I can ask the spirited child. And they can tell me, well, I want to I wanna walk first. I want to be first in line. I'll hold little sister's hand, but whatever. So I want them giving me some input in in how it's gonna go. And because I will get a better response. They can ask questions in a family meeting. They can tell you what they don't like. And also with that spirited, strong-willed child, they um. They can know that they are heard. So, in the discipline and getting the behavior you want, sometimes I cannot, you know, allow for whatever it is that they want, but I can absolutely hear it and let them know I heard you and I understand. A lot of times I'll say, Yeah, I get it. I know. I'm sorry. This isn't going to roll that way, but we have you know, certain things we have to do. And there's some constraints that I can't follow your plan, but I hear your plan and it has lots of good ideas. And I really appreciate that you thought about it and that, you know, you have good ideas, but we're going to have to do my plan today. So that connection and that little bit of letting a child know, I heard you, I get that. I understand why you want your plan, and I'm sorry, but I can't put it in place. It again, softens that child to be more receptive to doing it my way. And so, you know, the mindset, the connecting, and this step, this is all before I'm, we're in the situation where I'm going to have to discipline the kid. And I want it that way. I don't want to get in the heat of the moment in this you know public place and have have to battle it out and enforce some discipline in a situation that maybe I'm you know I I'm kind of about to lose it. I want to think through it beforehand and I want to do everything I can beforehand to make sure it's not even going to be an issue. And parents you figure this out so incredibly quickly how to do this. And so it's just through a family meeting, through a pre-game strategy or a quick huddle up. Hey, this is how it's going to roll. Your spirited child's going to be like, no, I really want to do this. I got you. I hear you. I wish we could do that. That's a way better way, but we're going to have to do my way today. Can we do that? Sometimes your child's like, no way. And then I'm, I might be, okay, well, we're going to do it my way today. And then Will you trust me that we're going to try your way the next time? And this goes back to why that connection is so incredibly important with your child. It has to do with trust. Do they trust you to do what you say you're going to do? And when that trust is established, you can really not have to put in place harsh Punitive discipline, um, things at all because that connection and that trust is there, and that is what we want. Okay. Next thing, after we've done the pregame, here's what's going to happen. They know it's going to happen, but when it's happening, I'm also telling them, so they're they're expecting it. Okay, we just walked inside the pool. We're going to have to go put our stuff down. I'm going to have to get the baby situated. No, you can't run and get a slushie yet. That's not, we can't do that yet. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to swim for a little bit. Then we're going to take a break. Then we're going to get the slushie. But see, I'm helping guide that child in what to do every step. And so he knows. And he also kind of knows, okay, I'm going to get the slushy. We just have to put the baby down. Like here is kind of the sequence of it. And I want them to have that sequence and understand it because I want them to, um, you know, be working towards what, what's going to happen at the end. And so they will hold their behavior and behave in a way that um, is 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 good until we can get to the slushy. But they're not throwing a fit, right, when we, you know, put our stuff down. They're not screaming and crying when I'm situating the baby going, I want a slushy, I want a slushy. No, because they kind of know, okay, here are the steps. I'm going to get the slushy. It's going to happen a little bit later, and I can be okay with that because I've, you know, again, given them kind of the play-by-play of how it will go. This, again, is safety. Your kids feel safe when they know what's going on. So tell them, I want them to know so that they so I don't have to discipline them, okay? Okay, last thing at the completion, give them the carrot. So instead of having to discipline a child with punishment, with a spanking, with grounding, with a negative um. Motivator, I want to work with positive. So with that unique child, I'm figuring out what is their carrot, what do they really want? So for my spirited child that we're going to the pool in this example, they might, their carrot might be that they get to jump off the high dive. But for this kid, the carrot is the slushie. So from the um, snack stand. So whatever it is, parents, when you know it, then you're going to use that to motivate your child to give you the behavior you want. But make sure that you follow through. So huge, again, for a child to trust you. Like, okay, I agreed to be totally fine with walking in from the car and helping with the baby and the wagon and the stroller and all the stuff because mom said, I can have a slushy, But if moms forget the slushy, and the child has behaved the way that you have wanted and then doesn't get the slushy, then the child's thinking, wait a minute. So that doesn't allow for a child to feel safe or to really trust you. Now, I don't believe in giving a child a carrot, a prize, a reward for everything they do well. I don't. I have had parents who have. I have worked with parents for years because their knee-jerk go-to thing to do is like, well, they did that well. I'm just going to give them something. I'm going to give them a toy. I'm going to give them. No, you cannot give them a carrot 100% of the time. We give it every so often, okay? And sometimes the reward is just an affirming comment from a parent, like, you did a fantastic job. Thank you so much for helping us get to the pool and having fun and, you know, us all working well together as a family. But That will be the reward one day. It's not going to constantly be a prize, a thing, a toy, okay? But make sure you give something that is um, validating and affirming to the behavior that you want to have. And so it's super important that no, it's not going to be a prize, food, a toy every time, but I want you parents to acknowledge, thank you. I appreciate how easily we made it through church today because you didn't give me any pushback. It went well. And I might say, how did it feel for you? Did it feel good? So again, I'm all about getting feedback from even young kids. I want to know, what do you think? What's your opinion? Because it matters. And when kids recognize that their parents, their voice matters, again, there's so much better, um, they will so much easier give you the behavior you want and get in flow with whatever you need. Okay, here is the last thing. So, So this is the thought that I want you to have that will help you. I've established and will hold the firm so that I can allow for the flex or the flexibility. So because we've, done the work beforehand, our mindset is good, and we've established what we need, what the desired behavior is from that child, we can very much hold that firm. This is what I need. But then that creates space and allows for some flex or flexibility in how that unique, spirited, extra, spicy child gives it to you. And so I, I'm so, this is how I parent. I am very firm in my boundaries, but I'm very flex in how you get there because I want my kids to be able to do it their way a little bit. Like, here's my thing. We're, we're working from mom's rule, but within that rule, there's probably a lot of give and take and flexibility And there's a lot of room for each child to do it the way that they need to do it that feels the safest for them. And so um, going back to the horse thing, so we used to go on trail rides all the time with with my grandpa Dale. And he would take us on some rough terrain. And this was even since I was a really small child. And so um, he had a saying, And his saying was, give your horse his head. And so parents, within your firm rule, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to give your child their head. And so what my grandpa meant by that was, let your horse have the ability to move his head and move his body however he needs to to get you safely across the river, around the creek, over the um, steep hill, down this muddy slope. I would be trying to ride right behind my grandfather. And I would be trying to make my horse do exactly what his horse was doing. Because I thought, okay, well, if my horse does what grandpa's horse is doing, I'm going to get there safe because grandpa knows what he's doing. But my grandpa was always so quick to say, no, give him his head, let up on those reins and give that horse freedom to get you down the slope, however he needs to, because that horse knows how his body works, what's safe for how he moves his hooves and shifts his weight and all of that. And so sure enough, you know, I'd be white knuckled, hanging onto the saddle horn, trying to control, But once I would ease up a little bit, my horse sure enough would get us wherever we needed to go really safely. And so give your kids a little bit of that freedom to have their head into however they need to give you that firm rule or thing that you just put in place because If you give them a little bit of that flexibility, a little bit of that space to be them in how they're going to show up and in following your rule, you will be able to have success. You really haven't even instilled much discipline. Like you haven't had to ground anybody. You haven't had to do any negative consequences because we've done all the work beforehand and we have put in place tools that work in a positive way to get that behavior that we want, okay? So today I'm going to leave you with this, that if you do all of these things up front and you still have behavior that you do not like, that you need to negatively discipline, that also you needs needs to be unique to that child, and no, it will grow and change. So, you know, you're not going to put a 14 year old in timeout. You, um, the most effective thing to do for a teenager is to take away their phone. That's like taking away their and their arm or their leg. And so again, we're going to be effective, and as soft as we can, as much as we need. Okay, good luck. I wanna leave you with this, that um, I have a membership where I give ongoing support to parents. So you have access to me for a month and you have lots of great resources on parenting things. And so go to my website www.kellykshoop.com. You can find me on Instagram at Kelly K. Shoop and go check out my membership. I promise you will learn so many ways to connect with your kid, to stop the struggle, the survival, the hassle, the frustration of the meltdowns and the tantrums. And you will parent with ease and less Stress. Did you like what you heard in this episode? If you did, please share it with a friend and be sure and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. Reviews are always appreciated. As a reminder, my show is also on YouTube. In YouTube, search for Kelly K. Shoup. That's K-E-L-L-Y-K-S-H-O-U-P. Be sure to click the subscribe button and hit the bell for all notifications. To learn more about my work, helping families, or to contact me, go to kellykshoop.com. Again, that's kellykshoop.com. Thanks so much.